You're listening to the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome to the Jaws of Life. Podcast fans, let me talk to you. What's going on? It's your boy, Jaws. This is the Jaws of Life. We are here. We are back with another episode of Jaws of Life. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be a fun one because uh, there's a lot going on in the world, right? So I don't really tie, I try not to talk overly controversial things. So you're probably not going to hear one side or another from me on this one. Um, you know, as far as what we're, what we're looking at, uh, or my view specifically on these specific topics, stuff like that. But what you are going to hear from me, all right, what you are going to hear from yours truly is, uh, some controversial adjacent topics today. Uh, let's go with that. So uh, I, I kind of came up with this topic the other day when I was sitting there scrolling through X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, and I, I've, I've come to notice something, especially in the sports world, and this is kind of where this stems from. Okay, so this is kind of a hats, tats, and stats conversation, which a uh, little update here first. Hats, tats, and stats is taking its final voyage this weekend, uh, myself and the Yelich bros, Bold Claim Ben and Big Diesel are going to join me as we send off hats, tats, and stats into the podcast sunset, much like I did with Common Debauchery. Going to just talk, have a little fun, and enjoy the ride, uh, the last ride of the show, if you will. And with that is going to birth a new show of mine called Jazz Talks Sports. Um, so really, like I, I, I'm going to try to steer away from overtly controversial things, things that could potentially... Um, you know, get me in some trouble, we'll say. And I'm not saying that I have opinions that would get me in trouble, but you know how the internet is. You know, one person takes exception to exception to something you said or misconstrues and discombobulates what you said. And next thing you know, you're getting, you know, you're, you're getting crucified by people. And I just don't want that. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to have fun. I'm here for a good time, not necessarily for a long time, but uh, Jazz Talk Sports is basically going to uh, be me talking anything sports related. Um, I haven't decided. So like I'm a big pro wrestling fan and WrestleMania seasons coming up. So I'm not sure if jaws of life will cover that as entertainment or if that'll be a jaws talk sports topic. Let's be honest. It'll probably stay here. Um, you know, and you guys will know what the segments are going to be because I'm going to put them in the, in, in the little bio things at the bottom. So you'll know if you don't want to hear some wrestling talk, uh, there's going to be certain segments. Again, we're probably going to segment the show when I'm here alone. Uh, but there'll be certain segments of the show that you know, maybe you don't care to tune into. Maybe you listen to half the show that day, but that's why I'm doing it that way. So, all of that being said, uh, scrolling the internet machine. This is going to be sports adjacent, also, right? So, but this is scrolling the internet, scrolling X, scrolling Twitter, whatever it might be. And I, I've come to notice in the world that we live in right now, there's this this trend of. If I don't like something, it's a conspiracy. Now, if you want to go back to the archives, Hats, Tats, and... St- no, Common Debauchery, Rotten Jack and I did 
a full episode on conspiracy theories, right? Uh, the Men in Black, Skinwalker Ranch, uh, Area 51, things like that. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, there, there's an entire conspiracy around Antarctic, Antarctica. And those are the things I like. I like those types of conspiracies. Those are fun to me. Uh, you know, the fact that you have, so to just a, a little short, short-term dive into the Antarctica thing, uh, there is a rumor that Antarctica has multiple military bases from feuding nations. So just for funsies, uh, the U.S., Russia, um, countries from the Middle East to China all have military bases within walking distance of each other on Antarctica because there's some big government conspiracy where like they outwardly put forth that they're warring and that they're disagreeing and there's political discourse and dysfunction and all this other stuff. But really, they're working together. And the and the 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 military HQ for the New World Order is in, in Antarctica. Now, with me talking about this, if I disappear, maybe we know why I'm not too worried about it. But just in case. This will be out there somewhere. Um, but anywho, so uh, like that's that's a conspiracy to me, and that's a fun conspiracy to me. You know, that's one of those things that I look at and say, uh, it, so if it's true, probably not the most fun <laughs> for obvious reasons, but you know, it's something that like there's a whole TikTok series out there where you can watch people on cruise ships and stuff going to Antarctica. And there's like this passage of sea that is so treacherous that I, I couldn't do it. And it's one of those things that like one usually one way or the other, she gets you right where the waves and the swell is so high and the boats rocking. And if the boats are rocking, hope that Davy Jones don't come and knocking or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making shit up as I go now, but it's tough to get there. And but the. The, the, the nations of the world are going to put their military bases there to, I don't know, work out of sight of the general public together while ruling the world or something. I don't know. But um, again, to me, that's like that's a fun and funny, not funny necessarily, but a fun like conspiracy thought process because like oh, there's some tactical advantage because if it is technically if you're a glober or a normal fucking human who believes the world is round, the earth is round, uh, Antarctica is at the tip. So there is strategic advantage to being able to get to other places all around the world, depending upon what, you know, what trajectory you want to take to get there, as opposed to flying around the long way, you're cutting it the short way, essentially. Um, if you're a flat earther, that whole thing falls off a cliff but this is also ties into the flurfer world flurfer great word by the way learned it because of tiktok my tiktok sits around and just throws me down flat earth tiktok every now and again and i can't dig my way out um but one of the theories on antarctica is and not to dive too deep into flat earth theory because i don't i don't want to do that but uh basically antarctica on a flat earth map is basically the entire border of either what we know as the planet or our portion of the planet, depending upon how you, you know, which, which sect of flat earthing you want to go down. 
and basically it holds the oceans in like a volcanic crater holds a pond or a lake that has filled. That's that's as simple as I can put that. Um, And so to them, those bases are there to stop people from going and finding out what's on the other side of the ice wall. Um, The ice wall being something along the lines of, uh, you know, like the Night's Watch type thing from Game of Thrones. We've devolved, we've devolved a little bit, but those are kind of your fun conspiracy theories. I, there's a NASA, or a NASA, a NASA conspiracy theory from your flurfers, the flurfers out there, um, you know, the flat earth folk, which I'm not here to debate that. I'm sure if I, it's funny, I tweeted the word flat earth on Twitter at Jaws of Life 25, I believe it is. And I got blown up by a flat earther like for a day and a half. Um, I just recently went into it, like went back and forth with somebody who was trying, like arguing like PETA things with me too. But I do that on Twitter. So follow me and enjoy, I guess. Um, but like those conspiracy theories are fun. They're interesting. Like the, the area 51 conspiracy theories of, you know, the things that have been found and, you know, the, there, there's actually a conspiracy theory out there somewhere that, uh, spam is not scientifically produced ham that it's actually sliced processed alien meat. That's a fun one for you. Uh, and we, we do it. We did a whole episode, so I'm not going to rehash all of these, but the, the love that our society currently has for the, the, the world of conspiracy, right? Has gone rogue. It's absolutely gone completely bonkers and totally rogue. And here's why we've, we've become a society of people that if we don't like something, it's a conspiracy. Let's start simple. The people fully believe that the NFL is rigged. Now I understand that there are times they make it hard. (laughs) They make it tough to defend the NFL. The NFL itself makes it tough to defend when you have people who like. Like when first off coincidences, second, when you see disparity in penalty calls, like not just game to game, but team to team in the same game. Um, You know, you watch a dude basically get bear hugged and tackled, not clean play. And then you see a dude like chip and turn and because like they saw the the guy's jersey who got chipped they saw his jersey move it was a hold it's like he wasn't even blocking him he just put a hand on him and moved like there was nothing there was no hold there whatever they make it hard to defend sometimes sometimes but people are so sold into the nfl being rigged that there is true and honest belief that they're doing it so boldly and blatantly that they're shoving it in our face with the Super Bowl logo featuring the colors of the two teams that are going to play in it. Obviously, that wasn't true this year where a team of red and yellow and then darker red and gold played and there was purple in the damn thing. But those who believe the conspiracy theory will tell you that they were supposed to be either Lions, Chiefs, the purple being the blue and the red mixing, or more likely the Ravens who actually wore purple playing the Niners who wear red. 
And once it got gained steam and popularity that that was being picked up on, the NFL shifted and they changed the script. And all of a sudden we were stuck watching the Chiefs win another one. I don't know. I don't make the rules. Uh, you also see, you know, discrepancies in like things like MVP voting, right? It's a conspiracy because three three years ago, Josh Allen had an incredible season. And they said, despite the fact that he had an incredible season and the team was more successful, Aaron Rodgers' stats were better, and therefore, ipso facto, Colombo, Oreo, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. Now, fast forward to this year. Josh Allen statistically blew Lamar Jackson out of the water. Lamar Jackson won more games, made it to the AFC Championship game, won MVP, and they said, well, he was more successful. It's about more than stats. Pick a lane, guys. It's either a stat category or it's not. Also, maybe once in a while, throw somebody that's not a quarterback in the win. Like, the MVP award should be separate from the, like, quarterbacks shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed to compete for the MVP award in the next couple of years, in my opinion. Um, and I say the next couple of years, not this year, because I want Josh to win one. Anyway, uh, that's just me being a homer. I'm allowed to do that sometimes. But it makes these things, like, just being force-fed this narrative with Lamar Jackson, it makes it hard sometimes to defend. Here's my thing. And I said this on the episode of Common Debauchery. Again, if you want to go back and watch it, you can check that on BICBP, uh, the BICBP Radio Network or Spotify or Apple. It's going to be up for a while, at least for you know quite a bit um, before they archive it. And then I don't know if it sticks around on the on the, uh, on the apps, but it'll still be on the website, BICBP-radio.com, podcasts, lifestyle, Common Debauchery. And then you can find the one about conspiracy theories. I talk about a lot of this stuff, and I said it on that episode. For me... A conspiracy is more likely to be true based on the number of people that need to be like, that need to be in the know and able to keep the secret, right? You talk about the NFL. You're going to tell me that there hasn't been a single referee who got roasted for their horrid play call, for their horrid penalty calls or non-calls. That later on down the road didn't burn the money they got from doing it and say, you know what? F this. Who wants to pay me to tell the story? There have been two or three guys that have come out and said the NFL's rigged. I got the scoop and here's how. And you know who they were? Me neither. Because they were in the league for a for a couple for not even a cup of coffee. But again, more than me. Well more than me. Well more than the average bear. But you're, you're not going to tell me that somebody like uh, Jamarcus Russell, for those who don't know, who, those who don't follow you know athletics the way, you know, or the NFL, at least to the, to the level that I, I have in my life, Jamarcus Russell was the de facto number one overall pick. Current NFL draft picks, there is a, there's a cap to what they're allowed to be signed for when they get drafted because of Jamarcus Russell. The Raiders picked him first overall, and they blew their load paying this dude who didn't who had an okay at best an okay rookie year showed up fat and out of shape for year two and by year three had robitussin himself out of the league but he like the biggest rookie contract ever it changed a rule you don't think that dude who ended up having some substance problems again? He that like that. I I I cracked a joke about it that Robitussin Robitussin himself out of the league. That was actually a thing. 
like and there were running jokes about like oh they handed him a you know a stack of blank videotapes and then when they they asked him the, you know a couple days later about the film he was like oh yeah that was really good stuff there was nothing on the tape so they knew he wasn't watching film um again showing up out of shape showing like there there was reports out of him you know going to parties and consuming quote unquote purple drink which is some type of mixture of robitussin and alcohol i believe don't do it it's stupid Seriously, like who does like whatever, I'm not going that road. But anyway, um, you're not going to tell me that that dude who has probably spent all of his, you know, there, like there was rumored legal troubles there, other stuff. Like you're not going to tell me the dude, who, a dude who probably spent a good chunk, if not all of that money as the first overall pick, didn't get the script for his season to find out like what it was supposed to look like and now wouldn't be leveraging that for money somehow like Hey, I've cleaned my stuff. You know, I've cleaned myself up. I got myself back on track, but uh, I could use some cash. So, who wants the story? You're not, not a single one. Not a single person. Not a single guy who, you know, the script, quote unquote. Again, I keep you like every time I say the script, just see the air quotes I'm making. Um, not a single guy who got just perennially screwed by the script. You don't think like, you know, Dan Marino, one of the greatest passing quarterbacks of all time, but never got to win a Super Bowl. Wouldn't come out and be like, yeah, you know what kind of sucks. Now, Dan's doing pretty well for himself, pretty recognizable, you know, makes appearances. You know, Jim Kelly, same thing. Dude lost four in a row, lost four Super Bowls in a row. You don't think that at some point like that doesn't eat him, that he he can sit back now on social media and all you ever see people talk about when like you bring up how the Bills have been pretty successful. Bills and a Dolphins fan talking. Oh, Bills are better than Dolphins. AFC East champions back to back to back to back. How many rings you got? Yeah, you know what? You know why we don't have rings? Because the script. Dash Jim Kelly. On Jaws Talk Sports. Not a thing. Not a thing. But you know how many people it would take for that type of conspiracy to be a thing? I mean, like, let's really think about this. Every player that has an impact on the game every referee that's ever done it. And you're going to tell me that there's not a single person who's ever been even like, because at this point you have to trust the person that they don't have enough integrity, like that you're going to pay them enough and they don't have integrity. So now they're just going to go along with it and never, ever say a word. It's too far fetched. It's too far fetched. So the Niners lost again, the NFL made it tough. Not a single holding call with video evidence of egregious holds on Joey Bosa. But they, you know, so they make it tough to defend that. But at the same token, like you're not going to tell me that at some point along the way, someone like the amount of people that have to be in on this is astronomical. And to never have a single one of them try to come forward at any rate. Come on. That's it's a tough look. Um, We're going to like you want to talk about a dicey topic. Every election since the 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 Bush Gore election, you know, with the hanging Chad, which if there there are people who very blatantly, um, the the best reference I can make to the hanging Chad is if you've ever watched How I Met Your Mother, Ted uses a hanging Chad outfit as a costume for Halloween. That is reference to an election where there were problems where you'd punch your ticket with the voting machines and it wouldn't punch clean through so they wouldn't be read properly. Um, at least that's my understanding of it. I could be off base anyway, 
But ever since then, every election has been stolen. Every election, there's fraud. You know, the the one party or the other is fixing it. There's some huge government conspiracy theory out there to keep someone in power or keep someone out of power. Um, you know, and, and again, we're talking about people who in, in this realm, maybe it's a little bit more believable because, you know, we do know that government officials can take, you know, can and have taken payoffs at, at times and stuff like that. And, you know, how, how come the people at the top are always some of the dirtiest people you find out after the fact, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, you know, Bill Clinton doing the dirty in the Oval Office is probably the cleanest thing most of these people have done in a long time when you start talking about uh, some of these career politicians out there. But, you know, the conspiracy that, you know, one side, like both sides can't have the conspiracy that the other side is cheating. Because one of the at bare minimum, that just means one of you sucks at it. Like if if you're cheating and you're still losing, you're not a good cheater. Like you're not good at rigging the system. And at some point, you know, somebody's got to like someone's getting caught. It's it's the in this day and age, someone's getting caught. And because, again, who are you talking about rigging elections? We're not talking about high profile officials walking in and rigging elections. We're talking about them paying lay people, everyday people at election sites to do it for them. So at some point, like you do this and then your candidate doesn't win, you're not blowing a whistle or you're like, you know, there's questions or you're like something like at no point is there does somebody get caught and there's footage out there of people, you know, stacking the ballot boxes and everything else. And, you know, it's it's insane the amount of times that these things come out and like those videos come out every election, no matter who wins the the losing side miraculously has video of the other side doing things, but it never goes anywhere. Come on, guys. Like at some point, we have to realize that not everything you don't like is the result of a conspiracy. Um, the big one on that is, you know, social media has made this worse. Social media has made this so, so bad because, you know, what happens is the algorithm generally takes what you say, you know, when your phone because our phones listen to us. I don't care what you think. That is actually true. You know how I know that? Because when you think about Doritos and then also you get a targeted ad for Doritos, our phones are reading our mind. Okay, maybe that's a little far, but they are. They do listen to your conversations. They are kind of ambient, ambiently listening at all times. Um, and if you don't think they have the capability, look on your new iPhone. There's a little thing down there with the ear. It's listening to you anyway. Um, but so the algorithms, like what you talk about, what you tweet about, like it feeds you more of that things you interact with. It feeds you more of that. So what it does is when you talk about a certain thing, specifically, let's talk, let's talk politically. You talk about a certain thing and you end up finding a bunch of people who agree with you. The people who don't agree with you block you. The people who do agree with you follow you. And then you end up in an echo chamber where all the people that you interact with on social media just feed the same rhetoric. So then you sit there and I haven't seen a single person who act like who's actually like in agreement with this, who actually agrees with this philosophy or, you know, follows this or whatever. Right. Well, that's because your algorithm only feeds you people that you like, you know, the the stuff that you want to see. And the occasional bomb of the, the stuff you don't want to see because then you erupt and interact with things and get people clicks. But let's let's be serious here. If you've never heard of a single person 
okay, let's let's buy, let, let let's not talk left wing right wing because in my opinion, same bird. You know, neither one of them cares about you. You are fighting so hard in the paint on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to call it, on threads, you know, for your political party, and they don't care about you. They don't figure that out. The sooner we figure out that the political parties don't care about you and we need to start electing representatives, not leaders, representatives who actually care about the people until we do that, we're we're boned. Just it is what it is. Um, You'll be a lot happier once you realize that, because then you can just kind of go about living your life and having fun and enjoying, you know, the life around you and not worrying about um, whether or not Aunt Sandy likes you know, the same politician as you or not, and then ruining Christmas over it. That's actually not a thing that happened in my life, but I know it happens in other people's lives. So there you go. Shout out to all of you people. Um, damn it. I've lost my train of thought. That's what I get for going off on a tangent about fictional aunt Sandy. Damn it. Oh, um, yeah. Left wing, left wing, right wing, same bird. Sorry. It like they, they don't care about you. So, Stop going so hard in the paint about politicians who don't care that you're here. Um, so let's boil this down to Pepsi and Coke, right? Easy. It's been one of the longest running debates in this country. You're either a Coke person or a Pepsi person. And listen, most people like them both, but prefer one. I grew up drinking Pepsi. I weirdly think I like Coke more. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just making things up. I, but I do. I think I personally think Coke is a little bit smoother. Pepsi is a little bit sharper. Um, I think Pepsi may feel more refreshing to drink on a hot day, but I think the t- overall taste and smoothness of Coke is where it's at for me. Going a little bit too deep into this. However, if you are adamant that Pepsi is the move, right, and your friends all drink Pepsi, you grew up drinking Pepsi, and Pepsi is it, and then you see a poll a national poll or even a regional poll, Pepsi or Coke, and more people like Coke, and you're like, I've never seen a single person who likes Coke. That doesn't mean they don't exist. It's a Coke conspiracy. Coca-Cola, big Coke. Wow, that sounds bad. Uh, you know, big big Coca-Cola conspiracy. They're they're fixing the polls. They're rigging it. No, maybe just maybe people just like Coke. <laughs> who knows? Maybe people don't like Pepsi as much as you. Maybe they're like me. Maybe they grew up on Pepsi, but, you know, sitting there drinking a drinking a pop, you know, grabbing a soda, whatever you you however you want to talk about it, whatever adjective you use to describe the stuff, sit there and say like, oh, you know, cool. I don't mind. I don't mind Pepsi, but I'd prefer Coke. But you sit there and you, you sit there in a room full of people talking about how great Pepsi is and how Coke is trash. Are you going to be the one to stand up and be like, Coke is way better? That depends on the room you're in. Close friends? Maybe. In this day and age, might get you banned from your friends group. Who knows? Uh, but it doesn't mean there's a conspiracy just because you don't like the result. So that's uh, <laughs> this devolved. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm at anymore, um, which is always interesting when I do the show alone, which Jaws of Life is mostly me doing the show alone. So uh, we'll, yeah, I here's a cool bumper thing, a noise or a, a, a little jingle of some kind. And uh, we'll be back with more Jaws of Life. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! That is why I did it! I stood up for the 
Pete Weber there with the ever famous who do you think you are I am after hitting a strike in a bowling competition that's right god damn it he did it who do you think you are I am Jaws this is the Jaws of life we're back hey guys back with another segment we're doing it we're doing cool stuff um so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with this segment and I started to think about it you know the the entire purpose of Jaws of Life is to be able to do it my way right to be able to do things the way I wanted to do them to do just to do you know my thing without having to say like hey you know co-host what do you think about this and when I have stuff I want to do with a co-host I can so one of the things I always wanted to do because I always thought it was a cool idea sorry I just hit my microphone there um was Talk about like casting a movie or casting people in roles for a movie uh, without things like, uh, you know, having to worry about scheduling like, other other schedules or, um, you know, budgets or anything like that. And just, you know, if I got to pick an ideal cast for something, what would that cast look like and who would it be for? Um, and I was one of the easiest ways to do this with the, you know, a large amount of main characters being available and a plethora, a plethora of actors uh, being able to. Um, how do I want to put this? Being able to play these roles. Um, the superhero movie is the easy one, right? Like, you know, you, when you say like, OK, I'm going to cast this superhero team like, yeah, you have nine, you know five six seven eight people you can cast and they're all in big roles so you can justify a big person you don't need your random one-offs in this casting side of things so i was thinking like, okay let's do this right let's let, let's go for it and then okay well i'm not going to do the avengers because in my opinion most of the avengers characters were really well cast right um i don't think anybody could play Wow, my brain just stopped. Tony Stark. Holy how. Wow. Anyway, uh, I don't think anybody could play Tony Stark as well as Robert Downey Jr. did. Uh, Thor was well cast. Captain America was incredibly cast. Like, you know, spot on across the board for a lot of those. So I was like, okay, that's the idea. But, you know, X-Men, like, that's tough because there's been a couple of them, but not as many people know them, uh, maybe as well as I would. And then, you know, like Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. It's almost like that character was written to be played by Ryan Reynolds, which is fun. Um, so I went with DC. I went with, okay, I'm going to cast the Justice League because DC has epically just bungled their entire cinematic universe across the board. And they have for a while, and it's actually really funny. Um, I don't know why I find it so funny because like the story, the DC stories are really good. Like really good. They they stem into a multiverse theory way better and way smoother, in my opinion, than Marvel does. And Marvel's doing it right. Like Marvel is is stemming into this multiverse theory, um, you know, where DC's been doing it for and okay, Marvel's been doing it for a while also, but you know, like it, it's more. It's not as common for them. It's not as like in your face as it is in, in the MCU right now, where DC has been living with this, you know, crisis on infinite earths and all kinds of stuff. And like they, they've done it in their TV shows now. Um, 
across. I mean, DC as a whole, because of their introduction of legitimate aliens sooner, you know, like Superman, one of their marquee heroes, you know, super white bread boy, the most boring hero on the planet. Just I am too good to be beaten. That's all Superman is. Anyway, um, you know, they but they've 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 just botched these movies where like you'll have like a one a movie that's one off pretty good and then they'll find a way to like just bungle and fumble the next one and the fact that you can't in any way shape or form bring it to any like mixed universe the way marvel has is just an atrocity it's an atrocity against the the you know the the movies themselves so and the characters themselves and perfect example um the dark knight trilogy incredibly cast across the board but then the way you ended it you couldn't really tie it in anywhere because you would have you know batman kind of doing his own thing like in retirement and you know quote unquote robin who wasn't really robin but is kind of i mean basically robin um taking more of like a not a nightwing type role more of a batman beyond type role i don't know you didn't really leave that you kind of tied it up someone to carry it on old man bruce who's beaten battered and bruised is moving on and you can't really tie it in um the multitude of batman movies that are that are out there that don't tie in and then you just rewrite a new batman recasted into a superman movie and I, like they rushed the Justice League across the board instead of taking time to build stories like they did. Like when we look at what Marvel did, right? And yet Iron Man, then Iron Man 2, the first Thor, uh, they brought in the Hulk from a movie that came out a while ago that they're like, okay, we're accepting this kind, you know, pretty much as canon. Um, you know, and, and you tied those people in and then you introduced like sub characters in the Avenger movies. And like a little, so like Hawkeye was initially introduced a little bit in Thor, but not a ton, right? He was there, but he wasn't like, oh, this is Hawkeye. Oh my God. Type thing. Um, you know, so that like they took their time. They built stories. They wrote to what people believed. You, you made people invest in it. You made people, you know, want to be in, want, want to care about these characters where we have a Batman we've never met. A Superman, I think, and I don't pay close enough attention because they've botched this so bad that, like, I think the guy who played Superman in Batman versus Superman was Henry Cavell, who, or Cavill, or however you say it, who played him in a previous movie. But then we got a Batman that you've never seen before, and then they introduce, they intro Wonder Woman, they intro a new Flash with not having done a Flash movie prior to it. Then they introduce, uh, and, and it's not Barry Allen, it's a different Flash, which is fine. But like you're introducing people that were introduced in the comics and in you know in, in in your standard canon, I guess you could say, later on. So people like knew who the Flash was, and then you introduced the like a new Flash or different versions of the Flash. Um, introducing Cyborg when he's got a fun and interesting backstory, depending upon which backstory you hear, whether he's the you know high school going into college football player who gets all jacked up and gets saved by a mother box and i know you don't know what a mother box is unless you're a big nerd like me so don't worry about it just high tech alien tech save the dude's life makes him a cyborg that's all you need to know that's why his name is cyborg anyway um so what i wanted to do is i want to say okay if i had nothing to worry about 
no no monetary restrictions, no crazy, you know, recording schedules. I wanted to cast my own Justice League movie with people I think would best fit the role. The only rule that I followed in doing this, aside from my own opinion, was they couldn't have played the character before. So I couldn't go with someone who had played Batman before. I couldn't go with someone who played Superman before. Not, not many people have played um, like Aquaman, only been one or two, maybe like one, maybe two, uh, only one cyborg, stuff like that. But um, what I did is I, I basically broke this down into how I want, like what, what I felt would fit best for the characters. And I'll get into that a little bit as I, as I go. So uh, starting off, we're going to do some honorable mentions. So uh, the guy from Night Agent, Gabriel Basso, if you've never watched Night Agent, highly recommend Really, really good. Um, he was an honorable mention for me for, for Superman. Uh, he's got like the look. He's got that kind of build. Has that like what I were what I would refer to as that classic like all American look like he grew up on a farm in Kansas kind of look to him, which is Superman, right? Um, you throw some glasses on him, he could do the nerdy reporter Clark Kent role. Um, but you know we'll we'll get to that. Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan, all right, Michael B. Jordan, you, you know him from everything from Creed. Um, he played Killmonger in Black Panther. He's been in a ton. I had him for a couple different roles on this one. The main one being Cyborg. And when I get to who I casted for Cyborg, uh, I will I will tell you why I didn't go with him. Now he's got, in my opinion, like the age kind of set up the right way. Um, but when we talk about the character that is portrayed as Cyborg, that I that I know of, like that that, I, that I'm the most familiar with, uh, I'll tell you why I went the way I went. And then the easiest and the like the easiest, the dumbest. Okay, so and then I'll start with my actual casting for Aquaman. So Aquaman, obviously a newer movie coming out. There's two of them out right now. Um, Jason Momoa, which I I love. Listen, I love that they went with that carrot with, with with Jason Momoa and like the Pacific Islander look, because if you really think about it, that's probably that's probably close. Right? That's probably about what that would be, right? Um, so the easiest answer, you know, you you look for okay, another another uh, Pacific Islander actor that could do that, that could kind of set that tone, right? Um, it's it's The Rock, but at that point, you're just you're casting. I don't know. It, just go with Jason Momoa then, right? Because like the Rock doesn't fit that, like yeah, the the Rock in Black Adam was fantastic. Like that loose understanding of how modern decorum worked, and just being a big, strong, muscle bound freak, like was funny. Um, I just I didn't see him fitting the character well, but I had to mention him because if you're going off the casting of Jason Momoa, the Rock is the easy answer to replace, right? So. That being said, I went with more of the traditional Aquaman. Um, you know, when you when you look at the Aquaman comics, you're looking at a tall, blonde-haired, you know, mer dude. He's not really a mer dude. He doesn't have fins. But you you get what I'm like. Look up the look up or I mean if you follow me on Instagram, um, you know, you would see what I was talking about there. Uh, which, you know, little Instagram plug, notorious underscore jaws. 
go ahead, follow me. That'd be fun. You can in- interact with me on things that I do for the show because I'm not creating. I'm not creating my own uh, social media for this outside of the Facebook page. Sorry, uh, but yeah. So um, went with that more traditional to the comics vibe, uh, and I went with Liam Helmsworth. He's. I don't think, in my opinion, he's not as big as his brother, and not like big. Oh, he's a bigger star. Like no, like bulky, like like beefcakey. Where you know, obviously, uh, the other Helmsworth brother getting jacked for Thor, being huge, th- like having that more sleek. He like th- like I'm sorry, Aquaman to me should not rival Superman in size because he's a swimmer, right? So he's got more of that like I'm ripped but I'm sleek kind of look to him. Um, you know, had the, had the like the the lighter hair look to him, which would be bleached in the sun, which makes sense. Um, you know, I, I thought this was an interesting but fun way to go because um, I like I don't think obviously, you know, the the Helmsworths have a can and do, I guess, have a bit of an accent um, that to me makes sense for someone who's not an American. Right. To sound like that, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base on that, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, so Liam Hemsworth as Aquaman, I thought was going to be uh, a lot of fun. Going down, uh, let's go to Cyborg here, right? Um, Cyborg, for those, again, who don't know, uh, depending upon the backstory that you know, I, I was introduced to the character through the show Teen Titans. Um, he was a young, really, really talented football player, and he like he got pissed off that his dad got stuck at work. And missed his big game. He won. And then there was an attack at his dad's workplace where his dad wasn't there, but he was, you know, going to show, you know, basically went to go fight his dad, not fight, but argue and, you know, have words because he missed the game. Um, and then the technology that was in the lab saved his life. Um, there was another one where like his career was being impacted by an injury I, 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 I'm calling this off the top of my head and I apologize that I feel a little scatterbrained, but like blew his knee out or something, right? Like blew, blew his knee out and the, uh, he went to go see his dad and then he like, oh, maybe some of this tech can fix me. And then the tech turned him into a cyborg one way or the other. He, he ends up being, being infused with some alien tech. It saves his life, but it turns him into half human, half man. Um, and I, I went with more of the teen Titans approach on this one. I didn't see the new justice league so i don't know how well they played to this but um cyborg to me he was that and it's kind of a caricature more than anything i guess but um you know one of his go-to phrases was booyah and i went with he's a little bit old for this right so he's a little bit older in this but i mean you you're going to be covering him in half tech anyway so you could probably make him look younger but the personality to me terry cruz would just crush this. He's ripped out of his mind. He would look badass as, as a half cyborg and tell me that, you know, cheeseburger McEddy, you know, for those of you who don't know longest yard cheeseburger McEddy, uh, Brooklyn nine, nine, you know, he's the, you know, he caught his, his name is Terry in the show and he prefers himself the third person. Terry don't like that anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I thought he would be fantastic. I could see him dropping a booyah on somebody and I thought that would be awesome. Um, going to Green Lantern, uh, staying initially here with some of the lesser known characters. Uh, and this is the John Stewart version, not the Hal Jordan version. Um, and again, so if you're not a comic book person, there's, 
Hal Jordan, I believe, is who Ryan Reynolds played in the movie when he played Green Lantern. Um, I don't think I, I don't personally love Hal Jordan. To me, he's kind of a a combo between like Hal Jordan to me is like if Flash and Green Arrow had a baby and gave it a ring that had powers. Like just the, the, it's, he's too much of that. He's he's sarcastic and tries to be witty, but he tries to be cocky and he tries to like where John Stewart is more stern. You know, you could see him more as a leadership type. Um, you know, he sounds intelligent when he speaks. Somebody who has a ring who makes him a defender of the universe like that fits for me. Right. Like I, that's what I want. I want a different character. So I went with the John Stewart version of Green Lantern and I picked Sterling K. Brown. Now. Some people out there going, who? Sterling K. Brown was the third triplet in This Is Us. So the story of This Is Us, uh, mother goes into labor, pops out three babies. Spoiler alert, one of them doesn't make it. The same day, somebody dropped off an orphan whose parents had left him or passed away. They don't really tell you. And the, the famous line is, you found a way to take the worst lemons life could offer and made some of the sweetest lemonade because they decided to adopt the third child. The third child was a black child to this white family played by Sterling K. Brown as an adult later on. And like in the show, they have the adults. They kind of mix in different age casting of the characters, but the, the Sterling K. Brown make is the main character who plays, um, plays him as the, as an adult, the way he speaks, his voice, his inflection, just, where it can be soft, but it can be stern. I've seen him in Supernatural, where he he shows a completely different side. Um, you know, he ends up being turned into a vampire in that show. Like the depth of the actor there, I think is fantastic for this, and I think he would do this John Stewart character as the Green Lantern really, really well. I can almost hear him, you know, starting the in, in um in dark in darkest day and longest night, whatever the 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 incantation for the Green Lantern power is. Uh, I think he would be fantastic. Going to move up to Green Arrow. Uh, this one was tough, but I loved the pick. So, uh, Ollie, uh, I can't think of his, it's Oliver, oh my God, sorry, ADHD kicking my ass this week. Uh, but the Green Lantern character, right? They It was played on a show called Arrow, and I'm going to blank on this guy's name too, so hold on a second, give me two minutes. Not even two minutes. Stephen Amell, thank you. Oliver Queen is the name. Stephen Amell did a fantastic job playing this character. The voice, the the vigilante going from the dark, like killing people with a, you have failed this city. Whole That whole thing, like loved it. Loved every second of it. I thought he crushed it. That whole TV series I thought was incredibly casted between Arrow, Flash. I'll get to that in a minute. Um you know, the, the villains, the, the, the cameo, like just so, so good. That whole Arrowverse was terrific and it started with Stephen Amell playing Arrow and giving some depth to a lesser known character. Right. And I thought personally, this would be a great way to introduce these side characters into a Mar- uh, DC extended universe where they would tie into an established Batman movie with an established Superman movie, an established Wonder Woman movie. You know, the big three of the Justice League who we saw in Batman versus Superman, let them build. You have these TV shows to introduce and then you introduce them because they reference each other in the show, right? The, you know, oh, the bat from Gotham. Like, you know, you see like glimpses of Superman's shoulder, but you don't know who it is because they're not tied together. It's so dumb and frustrating. But anyway, Stephen Amell, 
crushed that role. So topping him would be tough. And I think I did it. I think I did it because Green Arrow has some Batman-ish tendencies, but also has some comedic value to him. And this I have seen and feel really good about. Um, Alan Richson. He plays Reacher for those watching that show, and I think you can see the badassery of that. Uh, He was also in Titans, where he played uh, another DC role, a lesser DC role in that show. And then, obviously, from Blue Mountain State, he was Thad Castle. So you can see, like, the goofy, lighthearted, like, shoots an arrow that pops out a boxing glove that knocks someone out, but also has no problem blowing up a building to get what he needs done. Um and I think he would also look fantastic in the Robin Hood-esque inspired outfit that uh, Green Arrow does tend to wear if we're talking comic books. But if you modernize it and you update it for a cool looking movie, he probably looks pretty badass in that, too. <clears throat> we're going to move to The Flash. Um, this is another one. The Flash TV series. And this is going to be a Bar- the Barry Allen Flash, right? So in the... Oh my god. I guys, I apologize. My brain is just not just not doing it for me today. Um Oh my god, I apologize. Uh, this is okay. So, um Justice League movie, they introduce a Flash. It's different. I don't know if he's technically playing Barry Allen. I don't think he is. But um the Flash TV show, 9 seasons, Thomas Grant Guston absolutely slayed as Barry Allen. Again, another dude who on a TV show on the WB, the WWWWB crushed this so hard that it was hard for me to pick someone bigger and more famous that I thought could do the job. Um, and I had to go with Andrew Garfield from the amazing Spider-Man. Cause he's the only guy I think could do the nerdy, smart, intelligent, like, astrophysicist or whatever the hell Barry Allen technically is. Um, he, the kid was also in glee as Sebastian Smythe, but that's here nor there. Um, but Andrew Garfield, like he did, he already like that. That's kind of the, the, the Spider-Man character he plays already. Right. So just turn that in, you know, he can be witty. He can be funny. He can be sarcastic. Um, you know, I, I think he does really, really well with it. With this, like coming from that role from Spider Man, I think this was an easy transition. Um, then I'm going to go with Martian Manhunter, who's probably the fourth biggest player in the Justice League for those playing the home game, but probably one of the least known if you're just a casual fan watching movies. Uh, Martian Manhunter is legitimately just a Martian. Um, Martians have three different forms because they do cool things like tel- uh, telepathy and. Per- uh, telepathic projection stuff like that um they can phase through things they can kind of turn invisible uh but martian manhunter is always just he's very stern very wise um you know he he's kind of a like when when the other characters are being a little emotional he's more of the voice of reason a lot of times from you know at least my perception here and i think idris elba fits that role incredibly. You would know him from Thor where he played. Oh my God. Why am I doing this right now? 
this is brutal guys. I, this is tough. I'm having a tough day. I've been having a tough week with this. Um, oh my God, the dude with the horn. Why? You, you'd think my Norse pagan ass would fucking know this. Uh, Hemdall. Thank you. I didn't even have to look it up. It came to me. Um, you know, the dude with the golden armor sees everything. That's who that was in Thor. He was also in the second suicide squad movie, which wasn't a sequel, wasn't a spinoff and wasn't a separate standalone movie. It was just a kind of own thing in the same universe, but not really whatever. Um, but Idris Elba, I think he fits that well. Again, the voice, the, the way he speaks, the way he carries himself, it's a little bit more proper, a little bit more regal. Um, and I think he just, I think he fits that, that role well. And now we're going to break into the, the big three of the, of the justice league. Um, wonder woman, this was tough. Uh, I thought Gal Gadot did a good job in, you know, in her role there. But again, the rule is you can't repeat. No, no repeats. You can play, have played other DC characters, other superheroes across the board, but you cannot have repeated as that character. And I'm, I don't think I've, I don't think I've done that so far. So, um, this was tough because you, you kind of need big, strong, um, imposing, but also like, you know, like that Amazonian look, right? Like, I don't, let's call it what it is. Like it's supposed to be, you know, big, strong, attractive, you know, like, oh, oh my God, like that they're, they're hot. There's no other way to put it. They're hot. Um, you know, and, and can be, I'm going to kick some ass, right? I'm going to kick some ass, but I'm gonna look good doing it. Uh, playing the queen of the Amazons, Gina Carano, uh, for those who don't know, she was an MMA fighter. So there's some believability to it there too. Um, she played angel dust in Deadpool, the original Deadpool movie. And she was also in the Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to ignore the political bullshit surrounding her. Cause again, I don't really do politics cause I don't really care because two birds or two wings, same bird. Don't care. Um, but yeah, so Gina Carano, I think she would. Uh, maybe aside from being a little short, but again, we've seen if Tom Cruise can play re- the same character as, as Alan Richardson in reach as playing Reacher, then Gina Carano can be wonder woman. They can make her look taller to fit the bit. Right. I, I'm height. Height's not a cutoff for me, uh, but I think across the board. Otherwise, I think she does great. Look at, look at angel dust. Go watch Deadpool. Look at angel dust, throw a superwoman outfit on her and tell me that that doesn't fit. And I'll tell you, you're wrong because I believe that she looks like she could kick Batman's ass. That's what that looks like to me. Speaking of, um, we're going to go to Superman first because Batman, I have a little bit of thoughts on and I'm running out of time. So Superman, uh, I'm going to dip into the game of Thrones world here with Richard Madden. Uh, he played Rob Stark. He, if you look at him when he's not all dressed up in Rob Stark outfit garb, um, you know, he's that guy that is, <clears throat> he, he has that look. He's got that look where he can throw glasses on and be a nerdy reporter, takes him off, bulks up a little bit. Superman, here we go. Uh, I thought this one was tough, too, because there's a lot of people out there. And most of the people that were kind of uh, like Gabriel Basso, you know, kind of lesser known people out there. Uh, a lot of it was like, oh, you know, he's got the the imposing figure. And, you know, you kind of look at super classic Superman and he's he's huge, right? He looks like he's chiseled from stone. Looks like he could hold up the world like Atlas. And, you know, then you look at some of the more modern incantations. He's in really great shape, but he's not like, oh, that's a hulking individual because you got to be, be able to believe, right? You got to be able to believe that the dude 
could be a nerdy reporter with that just puts glasses in a suit out and nobody recognizes him. So uh, I think Richard Madden fits this on both realms. I think he could do really, really well, um, you know, with the Superman role and taking it into the nerdy Clark Kent realm. Which brings me to Batman. My biggest beef with people casting Batman is you have to be able to play Batman and Bruce Wayne believably. And these two characters are so, so far off from each other. It's what makes Batman kind of like plausible, not believable, plausible. I use the word plausible because, you know, you got to be able to have that little bit of could this happen? Because you can suspend disbelief with Superman falling from another planet and being raised on a farm in Kansas, a Martian coming down, uh, a hidden race of women who are just warriors and can kick your ass and my ass and everybody's ass in between. You know, you can suspend belief with that. You can like the, we, the, the lost city of Atlantis is a thing. That's where Aquaman's from. Um, again, there's a lot of like alien space tech, different stuff here. This is a billionaire with a personality disorder, right? So like this, there, there's a little bit of hint of realism here. We're like, we're not just saying like, okay, it's this unbelievable scenario. Like, like Batman to me is pitched in a little bit more reality because he's a normal guy. He doesn't have powers. He's incredibly smart. He's been, he's well-trained in hand-to-hand combat and he's got billions of dollars and a tech company at his whim which is where Batman gets all his bullshit from, right? And it's yeah, he, that's who he is. That's his whole shtick. Yeah, they like they try to make fun of it in different Justice League mediums where they're like, "You're literally just a guy." Like I the one guy's name's Adam, he can literally create like nuclear explosions out of his hand. And he's like, "Ready? Pow, you're dead. Pow, 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 you're dead. And you have nothing in your little utility belt that can undead you." And he's like, you're right. And yet I still kick ass alongside all of you. And they're like, shit, you're right. So this was tough because you need a guy who can be both because you can't have Batman without Bruce and you can't have Bruce without Batman. Okay. Um, the, the last one, the, the Batman, right? So they, they cast the shiny vampire boy. Um, Robert Pattinson. I was going to call him George or Greg or something. Robert Pattinson, right? Shiny vampire boy. Now he, listen, he's got the, he's got the Clark Kent or not Clark Kent, the, the Bruce Wayne look down, right? He, he looks like he could be like, it's that like stronger jaw. You put him in a suit, little, you know, little smile, like playboy billionaire, walk into a room, command the presence of the room. Maybe not command it, but like people take notice. Uh, to, for me, he's a little, he's a little scrawny still like even just to play that. Cause you know, because Bruce Wayne was meant to be that like classic six two to six four strong built well put together walks in commands a room and oh by the way BT Dubs I have billions of dollars and a tech company at my you know at my whim but I don't care because I'm too busy playing on a yacht with you know Playboy models then the like Pattinson falls off for me on the Batman side of things. Cause he isn't big enough, right? He's not he, like, and he said, Oh, I don't like, they asked him like, if he would bulk up to play the Batman, he was like, no, I want to do a different rendition. I'm like, I'm sorry, but he needs to be a little bit bigger, just a little bit bigger. Not, 
not terribly huge. We don't want Fat Man like the uh, the Dark Knight or uh, Batman Begins when you know the, the suit barely fit the dude. But we we need a little bit bigger, right? Believable that like if I walked up to you in a suit, you'd be like shit. And <clears throat> this guy's name was has been thrown out about playing Batman a few times, because um, I think he could absolutely play both sides. He could absolutely do Bruce Wayne walks in clean cut like that all American like heartthrob billionaire and then he puts on the bat suit and he looks like he could break you uh Joe Manganello from Magic Mike How I Met Your Mother and a few other things um I think we've seen parts of him where he you know where he can kind of get rid of the bro that you kind of see in the how, in How I Met Your Mother but if you look at the looks I and I think the acting chops are there to to allow him to play that role so quick rundown, Batman, Joe Manganello, Superman, Richard Madden, Martian Manhunter, Idris Elba, Green Arrow, Alan Richson, The Flash, Andrew Garfield, Aquaman, Liam Hemsworth, Wonder Woman, Gina Carano, Cyborg, Terry Crews, and Green Lantern slash John Stewart version, Sterling K. Brown. So if I got to cast the Justice League, uh, that's what I would go. Uh, that's where I would go with it. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your thoughts are. If I'm off base, if I'm spot on, um, anything across the board. But either way, thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been The Jaws of Life, and we will catch you guys next time. Yeah!